0: Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast, where independent beauty entrepreneurs can get all the mindset, messaging, and methods they need to be unstoppable in beauty, business, and life. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Misty Jane, the Cash Confident Stylist from the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Uh, We are recording this episode today to talk all about getting confident with your cash and getting over that scary money conversation that we all need to have and how to take control of your finances and start to feel really good about money as a tool. So without further ado, welcome, Misty. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I am Misty Jane. I have been in the hair industry now for 20 years this year. Um, I'm also a life and money coach for hairstylists. Um, I'm also a podcast host as well, uh, the Cash Confident Stylist podcast. And essentially, I'm here to help normalize the wealthy stylist. And when I say wealthy, I don't mean like just rich. I mean like an abundant, successful, customized, successful—if that makes sense—stylist. Um, so I'm excited to have this conversation with you about money today.
0: <laughs> yeah. So money is just a piece. It's a—it's another tool that we have in our toolkit. Um, and the whole thing with being confident with money and being wealthy, as you mentioned, it is more than just, you know, how to spend your dollars, right? Um, it being wealthy really means in all the areas of your life, whether it's relationships, whether it's your health, whether it's your time, that's, you know, the most valuable commodity that we have. So we want to, we want to touch on all of those things and then how we can use money as a tool to get wealthier in all those areas, right? Because money is just a tool. That's all it is. And a lot of people are very frightened <laughs> to confront where they're at financially and then really allow themselves to dream and make that dream a reality about where they want to be with their finances. So tell me how you got started in the beauty industry. You said you've been a, a hairstyle for 20 years. So you're doing something a little bit different now. So just tell us a little bit about your journey in the beauty industry. I think people like to hear that.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I was in high school. I was not the best student, nor um, I like to have a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, Votech, um, vocational school was essentially presented to me in 10th grade. And it was like, hey, like you can leave school half a day and you can go and learn this trade starting in 11th grade. So I did that. Um, I think I signed up for cosmetology and like fashion design, which is ironic because I am not like into fashion. <laughs> um, but I got into VoTech and I essentially that started my career. So I got out of high school with my license. Um, it wasn't something like I knew my whole life I was going to be a hairstylist. It was just like, a hey, I don't want to work in restaurants. For my whole life and this looks like fun um and 20 years later it is really I love this industry more than anything I think I'm so passionate about it I think it is one of the coolest industries period I mean you can do so much with it you can be yourself you can be unique um, you can branch out in so many different directions so um yeah I started out as just kind of a like an ass teenager (laughs) and now here I am 20 years later well it is
0: one of those careers that you can you know change in so many different directions um I I love that I always say nobody likes change like a hairdresser and it literally is the like the best business for doing that there's so many cool avenues you can go down and I've I've been very lucky I've had a really fun career 25 years now I've pretty much done everything in my career that I could have possibly wanted to do and it's been quite the ride and there's still so many things I'm looking forward to doing so excited so right now you no longer do hair behind the chair you've you've changed your your world I work one day
1: a week behind the chair essentially like three days a month (laughs) right
0: yeah it goes by fast eh so yeah three days a week. So, I mean, obviously you've done some things to change that. I mean, that sounds like a dream to some people. Some people love working behind the chair. I still work four days behind the chair and, and I love it, but I have a million other projects on the go. And that's something like, I call myself the unstoppable stylist, but it is I like, I like busy and I've had my salon now, it's uh, 19 years. Next year, I'll be celebrating my 20th year of just having the salon, which is pretty Congratulations! Great. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I've got lots of things going on and right now I'm building a, a studio, we're renovating and that's happening too. There's it's always lots, but I like that, that I'm high energy, I like that. That would not work for everybody, but for me, it does. I, I love being busy. So money is something, obviously, I've had a, an interesting relationship because we you, we just did a, a live, but we talked about money is risk, right? And debt is risk. Um, and obviously, being a restaurant owner, that's like one of the riskiest businesses you can get into. And we, we had a very successful business for 25 years too there. So, um, but we took lots of risks there. It was scary. And I did share in our live that I actually almost lost everything when my marriage and business partnership broke up and then covid happened on top of that <laughs> right so it was super scary so i went from being relatively successful as far as people could see to like almost losing it all and um, not just the money but just everything else that was going on in our lives at that time but those are the things that we can feel those are the emotions that we can feel when our finances are are really dire so mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about your personal story with um with money and debt and how you sort of climbed your way out of that because it's a it's a good story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um gosh, I was a commission stylist. I was one of the busiest in the salons. Um, I was losing my passion. I was tired. I was burnt out. I'm not a hustler. Like I like to be busy, but like I very quickly like I need like recharge time. Um, and at that time I just didn't have it. And I had just had a, a baby and my husband and I lived in a small townhouse. And we were just kind of at that point where we were like, This is just this is our life. like this is what our lives gonna look like. Right. And we would drive around this neighborhood my husband and i both live, grew up in the same area virginia beach virginia um and we would drive around this neighborhood that we always wanted to live in and we would literally drive around saying things like did we fuck up did we pick the wrong careers you know um and you know we never will never be able to live here like we might as well just look at other places blah 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 and i don't remember exactly what it was but there was one day where I was like, that's it. I'm done. Enough is enough. And him and I sat down and we looked at all of our finance. Like we looked at it. I didn't just look at the balance of my credit card. I looked at what, where was my money going? Where was, what were we spending on? Why did we feel so broke? I made good money. Why do I feel so broke? Um, And that was a big turning point because it was like, oh, we're self-sabotaging ourselves. In that moment, we realized that we were $48,000 in debt. We realized that we were eating majority of our money, like $800 to $1,000 a month. So it's like, we say that we can't afford all of these things, but in actuality, if we just changed up some habits, we could. So that was a huge, huge turning point. Exactly two years, and I'm not even kidding. This is like This is why I always feel like stuff just totally happens for a reason. Exactly two years to the day that we cut up our credit cards, we paid off all of our debt besides our townhouse. And I believe it was six months later, we bought our house in that neighborhood. And like, I still get emotional about it. We still sometimes feel like, well, for the first two years, we felt like someone was going to come take it from us. Like, this is a joke, you know, like we don't belong here. Like the imposter syndrome comes, you know, even when you do hit a goal, um it can still be there but that that 2 years completely changed our lives um completely i mean even when 2020 hit that's when i realized cuz i was still working full time um i went out independent after getting my financial shit together and when 2020 hit i was like wait not only are we living in this house but now we're living in it with one income cuz i'm not working right now and that's when i i did stop doing hair for 10 months um, to pursue this education company and this coaching business. And um, I would not be here if it wasn't for changing my financial story. And it, it, it completely gave me a different kind of confidence and trust in myself that like I can like do anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's where it starts. So when you said you were eating your money, <laughs> Like you mean literally, you were spending it mostly on eating out, right? It's so easy to do. It's so easy to do, but it's also really easy to cut that out, right? Mm-hmm. And and realize that those little ways that you're bleeding out money, can actually make a big impact. So just shifting. And it's not like you have to take all your fun away, but prioritizing your, your fun and what's really important. So maybe it's changing it from just picking up little things all the time to having one celebratory meal a week or you know, even a month or whatever you have to do. It, it, it's, it's just shifting that perspective, right? Because you've just, those leaky monies. And I know you've got actually a great checklist for people that you provide. I had downloaded it a while back. Um, But it's all all about ways to find that money. So not working any harder behind the chair, not adding more to your to-do list, but subtracting, right? Because sometimes at some stages, we need to subtract a few things. So talk a little bit about some of the things that you have on that um, cheat sheet and also mention where people can find that.
1: Yeah. So that's the five ways to find free money cheat sheet. Um, And there's things on it like subscriptions. How many subscriptions do you have that you don't even know that you have that you pay for yearly, monthly, whatever? I mean, there's all these little leaks in your finances that you don't even realize. And I always like to point out that $27.40 a day is $10,000 a year. Yeah. That is wild. Less than $30 a day, which is easy to do. That's Mm -hmm. Starbucks and lunch. Yeah, You know, um, so it's the tiny little lease. Everyone thinks that they have to, well, I have to make so much more money. I have to win the lottery. I have to, you know, I, ha- I need $20,000 to like get out of something. But no, you really just have to focus on the tiny, tiny little steps and the tiny little shifts in your daily habits. And that is what actually like creates that feeling of security. Because I know for us, we didn't get out of debt in three months, but we started feeling in control of our money within three months just by paying attention. We weren't making any more. We were spending less, but it's because we were paying attention. And we were much quicker to go out to a $300 dinner once a month than we were to spend $50 three times a week to go yeah. and do something. So then when you were spending money, you're like, you value it more. It's not just kind of throwing it away. Wait, where did we eat last week? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
0: half the time you don't even feel good after those meals, right? Right. And like, I'm, I'm somebody, I was married to a chef for 25 years. So, I mean, I Lucky. I love to cook. I love to eat. But I mean, I, my my grocery bill is crazy. I have two mm-hmm. like older boys living at home, right? So they eat me at a person home as it is. <laughs> but, you know, going out to eat is, is not really as much fun for me as it might be for somebody else right because I'm always I compare a little bit (laughs) and I often think I could have made that better at home right Mm -hmm. which is, is true a lot but you know those little things those little ways you spend and subscriptions and is another big one like oh my goodness like all the little ways those leaky things that you signed up for things and then you never even check them or whatever um so I'm guilty of all of that and actually I am having you know, not the day we record, the day we record this, I'm doing again, because even after 25 years of having very successful businesses, I'm very good with money actually. Um, But I had my like bankrupt moment, right? So no matter how good you are at money, um, the rug can be pulled out from underneath you. So you always have to be prepared. Um, And I had like, I had retirement savings that all went, I had an emergency fund that went, like all of those pieces that I put in place still got ripped out from underneath me. And that happens sometimes. But I always remind myself, thank God I had that savings that I could tap into. Thank God I had the emergency fund, because I'd I'd had some big emergencies, right. Um, And you know, all those things that I'd learned early on in my career, and from even from my parents, um, I had I did actually have some pretty good money lessons from my mom and dad, they were never wealthy in terms of financial. Um, but we always had a rich life, you know, we always had a good life and, and little things were more important than sometimes the, the big things. So that was great. But, you know, having those, those moments where you get your pieces in place can be so empowering, right? Just being able to like build on those foundational pieces. So some of the things that you, um, we talk about, first of all, with money is, is your mindset, Right, mm-hmm. And thinking about how we're talking to ourselves about money, please elaborate on what you coach some of your students on,
1: yeah, absolutely. i mean the the biggest one is, I'm bad with money, right? People say that all the time. Um, I don't know how many times my clients are like, "Well, I'm just bad with money, I, I need help, you know, and it's like, well, let's start there. Let's start with you are seeking new knowledge around money, you know, you are trying to unlearn and relearn money, how to control money. Because at the end of the day, like you said, money is literally just a piece of paper. That is all it is. Now, yes, we need it for, you know, the things in our life, but we put the value on money. And I think, I love that you say, you know, you felt like you were good with money, but the rug can still be pulled out from under you. I think it's important to actually when i say heal your relationship with money when the rug does get pulled out knowing that you can catch yourself because a lot of times when something happens it's like this immediate stress and anxiety and oh my god i'm going to lose everything and the and everything's going to fall apart but if we can have this calmness and no i trust myself hey i can this this sucks i can take out a loan and it'll be fine i can do this and it'll be fine like find ways to make good decisions and find calm in your relationship with money, but that takes work and that takes healing your relationship with money first. So I don't want somebody to hear this and go, oh, well, I really wanted to go on this vacation. So let me go get alone. Misty yeah. said I, it, you know, not to have anxiety about it. I you have to heal the internal stuff around it first, or it is going to bring you down. And it's going to bring you down in your confidence in your business. It's going to bring you down in your confidence in the things that you do within your life. So I think it's just, I think it's a big part of the healing journey in general. I think a lot of time when people talk about controlling their money,
0: all they think about is the stuff that they're going to lose, right? Exactly. It's the same with when you diet, you know, right? You're just like, you know, having to take things away, but mm-hmm. let's talk about the things you gain when you take control of your finances and, and have a real honest coming to Jesus moment when you look at your, where you're at when you start this journey.
1: Yes, I love, love, love that you say that. People hate when I talk about a spending plan, which is a budget. I just like to use different words because people don't like budget. Um, And it's like, no, a budget is not a restriction. It's giving you permission to spend. So the things that you can gain, oh my gosh, where do I start? First of all, the security, right? If you have money in your savings account, you have that security. I don't know how many times I would have a surprise bill and for the longest time would be stressed out about it. Once I got my financial shit together, that surprise bill was sitting in the bank just waiting to be paid and it didn't affect my, my monthly spending at all. Yeah. Um, so there's a security around it um, that one is like priceless and another thing people don't think about, and this is, this is what blew my mind. When we were paying off our debt, you have all of these monthly payments to pay off your debt, Right when that debt is paid off, all that money goes back into your pocket. So for example, we paid off the $48,000 in two years, which means we gave ourselves a $24,000 a year raise by paying off our debt. Yeah. Huge. And, and it's like, I never thought about it prior to paying it off. I was like, Oh no, you're, you're always going to have those payments. No, you don't have to. No, you don't have to. So it was a small sacrifices for kind of that long-term win, you know, yeah, I know people ask a lot of time too, like, do I, do I worry about savings
0: first or paying off debt first? And I'll tell you, you know, I, I was doing both right, right now. Like, um, I had to pay off some personal debt, I had to pay off a lot of business debt. And actually, with COVID, I borrowed even more, took more risk. Um, but um, I was also at the exact same time building my savings because mm-hmm. that was security for me. First things first, I, you know, got back to my emergency funds that was that was a big thing for me because that was what gave me that foundation when the sand sort of seeped out from underneath my feet right I wanted to rebuild it with some bricks right um so that was thing but I was still hammering off the debt but every time you pay off one debt I added a little bit more to the savings right Mm -hmm. or allocated it towards another piece of debt that I wanted to pay off faster and Mm -hmm. there is lots of good advice out there um but there's also some not so great advice when we're trying to heal our relationship with money. Um, So talk about some of the things that you, you may have known at one point and then kind of shifted your belief around once you got your feet a little bit more on solid ground financially.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that I at first thought it was like one way, like you have to do it this way. Well, because this worked for me. So everyone has to do it this way. And I realized very quickly that that is not the case. I do not think that getting your financial shit together is a one size fits all. Um, And the reason I think that is because everyone values things different. You know, when it comes to paying off debt or saving, when people ask me, what should I do first? I have more of a conversation. I don't say, oh, you need to pay off your debt first because for that's not always the case. Well, well, what situation are you in? Are you, is your car about to die? Is your roof about to leak? Like, you know, is, are you about to take off time for maternity? Like, you know what I mean? Do you need a cushion now? Or like, so I think that it's it's not a one size fits all for sure. Um, Debt is a big one too. Debt for the longest time, my mind was debt is bad. Debt is bad. Debt is bad. Debt is bad. And I think that that is society that does that to us. All the Dave Ramseys of the world, you know, is like, if you have debt, like don't do anything. And um, I have very much shifted that in the last couple of years, especially with this business. Um, this was the first time I had to take out business debt and I'm still debt-free in my personal life, but the business debt was very heavy on me for the first year. And that was actually a breakthrough that I went through last year was that no, this business debt is one helping me help stylists too. Two, it's actually providing me a chance to be able to start this business. And that was a big shift for me too. I started listening to a lot more podcasts of, you know, millionaires and billionaires and how they started businesses. And um, that was just a different conversation that I wasn't used to hearing. And you have to, I always say that your money story is a journey. Like there's not really an end to it, you know, you're gonna go through one breakthrough, and then you're gonna have, you know, find yourself in a new position and have a new breakthrough. So, I'm very big on reminding people that that debt is neutral, and we get to put the value and the worth on the debt that that we choose to. So, and which also comes with healing, right? Um, I mentioned in the live that I have a client who um, was feeling very, very shameful about her debt. And I asked her, well, well, what was the reason you went into debt? And she said that she wanted to go on maternity leave with her baby. And I said, would you have been able to do that if you did not accrue this debt? And she said, no. And I said, when you think about it like that, does that feel better? (laughs) You know? And she's like, yes. So so I think that we kind of have to kind of weigh the options. Because again, at the end of the day, debt is just risk. Yeah. You know, you're borrowing money. Can you pay it back? Yeah. That's, all the, that's all the
0: banks want to know.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? well, and it's like, what are you willing to go to risk for? I'm willing to go to risk for, you know, put in risk for my business. I'm not willing to put in a risk for a new purse anymore. You know, I used to be now it's like, no, 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 that I will not go into debt for anything. That's not going to make me money. That's my yeah. new role.
0: that's that's been my rule for a long time yeah um yeah because I like it's I've got funny little habits right I um one I I don't spend and then other people would argue with this but I don't spend cash right Mm -hmm. I tend to hoard cash and I'll, I'll put a five in my wallet but that's it anything bigger than that goes into savings like if I ever get cash I don't get cash that often but that is um it just it goes into my savings and other people are opposite they'll save the five dollar whatever works for you do it me I only wear black like even my pajamas are black right
1: really all the time all the time every day and I started
0: way back in high school long before I even thought about hairdressing but I like it it just did because it simplifies my life. I am, I'm a busy hustler. I've always been that way. Like even in high school, I had three jobs, right. Plus school, plus a yearbook editor. Like I like that busy, but black simplifies my life. Like I can get dressed in two seconds flat. Right. I like that. That's very funny, but I never feel the need. Like whenever I think, oh, I need new clothes. I'm like, no, because everything I buy is going to look a lot like what's already in my wardrobe. Right. Yes. I actually Um, really love that tip. (laughs) Yeah. So there's so many good little things, right. That you can do. And um another one I shared this on the live too but if I feel the need to buy something I often just take a photo of it on my phone right or you know I just like I'll send it to myself I'll pin it to my shop board on Pinterest and I rarely ever go back and buy anything right it's right. like you, you sort of trick yourself into having things and another thing I'll do sometimes if I feel like I want to buy new clothes I will go and purge my closet mm. and then when I see that bag of stuff And even if everything in that bag would only cost me 20 bucks, I look at how much stuff is there. And just like, that's like, you know, whatever, $300 worth of stuff, you know? right? And so I, I, that just kind of curbs that, like, I don't need any more clothes and, you know, all those, all those things. Right. So you can play little mind games with yourselves and develop little tricks that work for you. That don't make you feel deprived. It's almost like a little game. You challenge yourself, and it can be kind of fun, right?
1: That is literally what I help, what I tell my clients all the time. And I, I we talked about this in the live as well. But I do the money, uh, the maybe tomorrow money challenge, and that's essentially when you are going to buy something, whether you're online shopping, whether you are in a store. And and you know, it's not something that you necessarily quote unquote need or is getting you to your goals. You just say, you know what, maybe I'll buy it tomorrow. And you try and put it off as many days as you possibly can, because you're going to find that 90% of the time you're not going to actually want to buy it the next day. A lot of times we have spending triggers, right? We spend emotionally. Maybe we're sad, maybe we're lonely. So we just start finding ways to like reward ourselves um, and we're just gonna spend money. And then the next thing you know, it comes to our door the next day because of Amazon. And we're like, what the hell did I buy? I don't even remember. I'm not in that place anymore. I don't want this anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, that's that's it. So if you can just recognize those feelings again, you said that out loud. We we spend emotionally, and then we justify with logic right after Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) That comes next, and 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 then we end up going through that cycle of beating ourselves up, or you know, so many times that one of my friends owns a uh, consignment store Mm -hmm. where she takes in clothes and whatever, and so often the stuff still has tags on it, Mm -hmm. right? And there's in, in so many ways that like we already mentioned your little cheat sheet, but I, I'm pretty sure this was a while ago, I downloaded that but I'm pretty sure you said go through your closet right and sell some of that stuff now with absolutely mark and um, I sell a, like a ton of stuff on Facebook marketplace and all that stuff to constantly just trying to get rid of stuff purging I actually had to shut down like five locations right so there was so much stuff but I I, I mean I just renovated four buildings. Um, and turn them into short-term rental properties. That was the whole like, what's my return on investment on this? Should I borrow this COVID money? <clears throat> but I turn it all awesome. into cash generating, you know, businesses, but uh, yeah, this hoarding. Right. And every time I look at it, I'm like, there's some bad juju in that building because it's our old restaurant kitchen. There was, you know, there's some sorrow there. Right. And my kids have said like, cause we keep moving the stuff around. The kids are like, <laughs> how many times have we moved the same pile of stuff? Mom? I'm like, I know just bear with me, but I will tell you getting rid of that stuff will have the best feeling ever. And whatever I make from that yard sale, will go back into the business that I'm building in that space, right? That is my goal, right? So that is the cycle, getting out of this cycle of loss into the cycle of growth. And I know you help your students a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that I think is so important when people recognize that this isn't all about loss, right? This isn't all about taking things, all the fun out of our lives, right? right. <laughs> this is actually building way more fun. And one thing I said earlier was, what are you saying Yes, to today, that means you're saying no to something that's actually more important to you in your future. So I think that's a really good consideration. So th- let's talk about a little bit about your method. So you've got people starting out. Um, they don't feel so hot about their money situation. Maybe they want to get out of some debt. Maybe they want to have they have big goals and big dreams. So talk about your process and how you help your students in your programs in um, your coaching clients get from that feeling of kind of hopelessness mm-hmm. to really empowering them?
1: Yeah, so the first step is assessing your situation. This is the hardest step. This is the the coaching calls with the tears. This is the shame. This is the judgment. All the things come up. And I 100% warn everyone, this isn't going to be easy, right? And this is where you're just going to sit down and you're going to see what's going on. You're literally going to look at everything. You're going to add up all of your debt. You're going to look at your statements and not just your balances, but like where your money has been going. I suggest highlighting. Maybe you're a Target shopper. Highlight every time you go to Target. I had one client that realized she was spending over $1,000 a month at Target and had no idea. Um, You know, going out to eat, Starbucks. And this is not saying that you can't still do these things. It is just showing you and being aware of what it is costing you to do these things. I'm not the person that's going to say, no, don't go to Starbucks. You know, if you look at that and you say, okay, I spent $300 at Starbucks a month and I still feel good about it, then by all means get the damn Starbucks. But if you see that number and you go, ooh, that doesn't feel good, Mm -hmm. that's when it's time to reassess the situation. So include. So that's kind of the action step. And then it's really thinking about like, what money stories did you see growing up? How did your parents handle money? Did you see your mom sit at the dining room table looking at, bills and crying? Was money scary? Was there arguments about money? Was there no talk about money whatsoever? Like, like really pinpointing how you feel about money and what you saw growing up and how, cause a lot of times people are either almost exactly like their parents or complete opposites. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll go, Oh, I saw that. I don't want to do that. You know, or you're a combination of both. I was a combination of both. Um, I had divorced parents. So I saw very different money situations um and i kind of took on that well credit cards well if i have good credit i can buy anything but also this kind of scarcity mindset as well um So really, really pinpointing where your money stories have come from really can go a long way because you have to understand that you can change those stories. This is not like a life sentence. And I think a lot of people think that's it. Well, I'm just bad with numbers. I don't know how to, you know, do anything with my money, Um, you know, screw budgeting and that's it. And they just give up. And it's really, really not the case. Trust me. I am a spender. I love to spend money. I love it. I love it. I love it. If I can change my money story, literally anyone can. Yeah. But but that would be step one.
0: Yeah. There's so many resources out there now too, but I do have to caution people about you know, looking at too many things, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's good to really focus, find someone that you 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 know, like and trust, right? That has maybe walked the walk and is talking mm-hmm. the talk. Um, that, is, it is, that is good with money that maybe wasn't so much so at one point and can relate to where you're at. But the big thing is someone that's not going to shame you, someone that's not going to make you feel bad about your choices, someone that is going to really truly want to help you change your situation, right? I always say nobody likes change like a hairdresser. <laughs> so this isn't a, a, a question of like, you know, shaming ourselves and saying everything we were doing was bad, but it's about changing those little habits, right? And changing your mindset about how you feel about your relationship with money and how it's empowering you to do the things in your life. Um, so a lot of us have big goals as, you know, independent hairstylists or salon owners, or, you know, maybe you want to Become a salon owner, and that's a huge expense, right? Take it from me. Um, I've spent, you know, a lot, a lot of money on my salon over the years, and you know, building other people up and training staff and all those things, right? And you have to be prepared for that. Um, and it goes beyond just you know, decorating your salon, right?
1: Yes, <laughs> need I think to that's have all people money.
0: think about. <laughs> yeah, let's make it pretty, right? But you got to make it work. And and even that can be a bit daunting and overwhelming. So having somebody like you or the, the Unstoppable Stylist, we do a lot of money coaching here just as well, um, who will help break that down and make it more manageable for you and, and just empower you and not make you feel bad about yourself, right? Yeah, um, I could not agree more, yeah. Yeah. Like we, we need to feel good about this. We need to feel good that we're making positive changes in our lives and that's, it's it's only going to build some momentum and really create a snowball effect. um, That's just going to, you know, translate into the whole rest of our lives, right? That wealthy life that we're looking for, for sure. When we were talking earlier about all the things that, you know, getting control of your finances can give you, you know, you talked about that feeling, right. When you, when you bought that house, right. Mm -hmm the house that you thought you weren't going to ever be able to afford. And really right. the window that you went from that feeling like we're never going to be able to afford that to actually being able to afford it when you were already in a big, deep hole of debt was kind of not very long. Two and a half
1: years. Like that's I still- crazy talk. No, right? And it's funny because when some people will hear that and they'll go, well, that's a long time.
0: And it's like, no, no,
1: no, no. That two and a half years flew by. It flew by. That time's going an to go anyway. Exactly. So what are you going to do with that time? But yeah, two and a half years. And it's all because, again, it started with the awareness. Wait a minute. If we can put that much money towards this that we don't even care about, why can't we actually figure out a way to put it towards this thing that we do care about? Yeah. You know, that. so
0: 100%. Yeah, because the food, the fast food, the crap, you know, they felt sick afterwards. And even like, I mean, I have all kinds of arguments about why people should spend money on their hair. I always say, if you gain 20 pounds, your hair is still going to fit you. Those cute jeans you <laughs> bought are not right. I, I say that. But it's the same with dinner. And I used to own a restaurant too. So that was always a, a big thing. But I'm like, Look, my haircuts last like four to six weeks at least, right? How long is that right. dinner lasting you?
1: <laughs> not even 24 hours. Right. And it's funny because <laughs> this is a conversation that I have often too, because I I have someone in my family who is very much like, will not spend a lot of money on anything, right? But they end up spending so much more than I spend because they buy something. For example, I think the converse, let's talk. Okay. Lululemon leggings, okay. These are my jam. I love Lulu. Here is why: I have friends who refuse to pay a hundred dollars for leggings. Okay, so they spend twenty five dollars every quarter. On cheap leggings. Yeah. So in two years, they have spent two hundred dollars on a ton of leggings. I have had my hundred dollar Lulu leggings for almost ten years, and people still ask me if they're brand new. Yeah. So they I, your butt look good, don't they? They make exactly. They make good. your butt look amazing. <laughs> so I think that sometimes even that can be a mental shift. Yeah. You yeah. know, is like okay. Do I want to is it's a quality thing, right? Like sometimes, okay, I can go to Mexican three times a week and, and spend so much money or I can go to like this nice restaurant and have a good quality meal that I remember that I'm excited about. So I think that um, that can be a shift as well. And that's all kind of a mindset thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's so many little things to do. And I mean, a, a great thing you've got in that, that cheat sheet, the five ways to make or find more money, um, That's that's without even doing more. That's just finding things that you could, you know, just a little shift. Right. And I think that's so important for people to realize these aren't huge sweeping changes that need to be made in your life to just get better. Um, they're just, they're small incremental changes and, you know, then you can really see your progress. These small wins are so important for people. Um, when you feel like you're, you're never going to get out of debt. I mean, you didn't get into debt like overnight hopefully not. Um, (laughs) But usually, they were small incremental habits that you you know you developed the going the other way, so you can easily flip them back, right, yeah, so um like i've just I've loved talking with you today, misty. I think you are just one of those incredible people who are being honest about the money conversation. You truly want to help stylists. Um, just get confident with their their cash, right? I mean, mm-hmm. cash is queen. I like to say you know. Ooh, I like that. Um, that's <laughs> right. cash is queen and when and when you have it, you feel good and when you don't, you walk around with that debt, like it's like say hello to my little friend, right? It's everywhere with you. If you if you don't start to develop a better relationship with it. And I I mean, we've got, you know, we talked about good debt versus bad debt. That is neutral. Um, but for the most part, we want to know where our money's going and we want to be able to direct that. Curate the life that you love. I always say style a life you love. That's the whole idea of being an unstoppable stylist. We help you build a profitable business and style a life you at the same time. We love at the same time, but that requires really being honest with your finances and taking your power back, right? So tell, tell our listeners here all the ways that they can find you and all the ways that
1: you can help them really feel good about their money in 2023. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at underscore Misty Jane underscore, um, and pretty much everything's in the link in my bio. The five ways to find money cheat sheets in there. Um, you can find the link to the podcast, the Cash Confident Stylist podcast, which I highly, highly recommend listening to. Um, that's probably one of my like favorite things that I do, um, and that's not just money talks um and i do one on one coaching and i have a signature course money beyond the chair which is like a self paced um course as well so you can find all of that on my instagram or at uh i keep saying www. and people are telling me that that makes that ages me so on my website <laughs> at <laughs> <World> Wide web <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know we're old somebody what was like, like people don't say that anymore and i was like oh well oops <laughs>
0: yeah we're still wise Wisewisewise wise, wise, <laughs> dot dot <laughs> com. <laughs> That's, that's what the WWW stands for. I am wise, wise, wise,
1: because
0: <laughs> I'm old, old, old. <laughs> we have to embrace that too. We have to embrace the the hard knocks that we've gone through. Um, I, I have to say, sometimes I see all these young ones on um, Instagram and I am learning so much for them, but I'm like, man, you guys got it easier. And I, I have to credit all the wonderful mentors I have had over the years. I have been one of those people who has always sought out mentors mm-hmm. and realized the importance of that and getting in a room um, where you don't know all, all everything, right? And, and being brave and admitting you have questions. And uh, I've learned a lot that way. So I, re- I really do feel there's a, there's a value. There's yep. an investment there when you invest in your education, when you invest in having mentors who have been there and done that. Um, and we're not that old really. No, not at all. We look fabulous. So just come on. And it's the bangs. That's right. That's all right. I always say that my forehead says Botox, but my budget says bangs. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Right. So it's prioritizing, right? Why Why go get Botox and spend three hundred bucks or whatever it is when I can just cut some bangs? If you haven't made that a post yet, you need to. Like tomorrow. I I do that on my. I say that I have so many funny little stupid things I say in the salon all day, and my assistant's always like, "Oh, I gotta write that down, post about that," because I just say silly things. But it was the same with when we. You talked about shampoo this is mm-hmm. another great one because i mean a, a lot of I, my big thing is selling retail i love retail i see it as soulful sales and it's just another extension of the service but uh one day and this is my ex-husband who i still love dearly um but we were talking one of my clients um her husband worked for the company that makes i don't know, I shouldn't mention names but pantene and uh and he was defending that it was the, the number one selling shampoo in the world and my, my husband, the chef says, yeah, well, McDonald's is the number one selling burger in the world and it ain't the best. <laughs> right. I love it. <laughs> and, so I love that one. So I think, thank you, Tim, for that. Um, but that was really funny, but yeah, we all have to prioritize where we're spending our money. So
1: <laughs> absolutely get, get the
0: quality and uh, tune in to the cash confident the stylist podcast the unstoppable stylist podcast thank you so much for being on here with me thank you so much for everyone who's tuned in i hope you found out that money and conversations around money can actually be a whole lot of fun all right so thank you for joining me here today everyone and go make the world a more beautiful place check out the unstoppable for even more help to grow your beauty business and style a life you
1: love